and Holy Spirit. Amen. I suppose that Gospel reading is one of the most popular readings in the Christian Church. But it's actually very ambiguous. I haven't always been a Christian, and when I wasn't, this text was the one that put me off more than any other. <laughs> Let me tell you why and what I would now say about that, that I am Christian. First of all, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And I thought, what sort of father would tell his son to get tortured and die and stay at home? And that was the real problem. What sort of sadist would require that somebody died and indeed that it should be his son and feel reasonably happy about it because after all God is in eternal beatitude. Well, what would I say to that now? Well, clearly something slightly different. And I think what I'd say would be said by Kate Sanderegger, whom I'm supposed to be this morning, but I'm not. <laughs> so I'll say it anyway. That God's son is not, of course, different from God. And the prologue to the Gospel of John uh, makes it quite clear that the word the Logos, the wisdom of God, was with God and was God. The Son is not other than God. And perhaps that expression, Son of God, can be misleading if it makes you think this was somebody different from God. And the expression, the Word of God, which John's prologue uses, is more helpful because it makes you think that this is the wisdom of God. It is perhaps the purpose and plan of God for creation, which was made flesh in the person of Jesus. It was God who suffered and died on the cross. And it was God as that generated from the eternal and primordial Father, which was the archetype and pattern of all creation and which was embodied in the human person of Jesus. And I think it's important to say that. It was God who died. It was God who shares in all the sorrows and sufferings of humankind and in that sharing God is able to transfigure them into something which will be part of the eternal beatitude of God which passes through suffering and transforms it by a wider vision and a wider joy. So I've come to accept that bit of John. Isn't that lucky? <laughs> the second thing that I objected to was the thought that although Jesus didn't come to condemn the world, nevertheless, those who do not believe are, are condemned already because they have not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And I thought, well, that's another terrible thing. I've heard it said, in fact, that the majority of the world's population are damned to eternal torture, even if they've never heard of Jesus. That's a terrible thing. And John can sometimes, in his Gospel, be a little bit inward-looking and think, we are the saved, and everybody else is in the darkness. What do I do about that? 
Well, I've changed my mind about that. And again, I've changed my mind because the prologue of John makes it quite clear that Jesus is the light of the world, and that light is the light which enlightens every human being who has ever lived. Before Jesus, after Jesus, and whether or not they've heard of Jesus, Christ is present within them as that light which leads them to follow conscience, to seek goodness and truth and beauty. Christ, the wisdom of God, is not absent anywhere in all this creation. And Christ is one who does not condemn. He saves. So who condemns? We condemn ourselves. We condemn ourselves when we seek our own pleasure and satisfaction above that of others. We condemn ourselves when we hate those who are different and other than us. We condemn ourselves when we choose to be ignorant of the things that make for human welfare and for eternal well-being. That is the condemnation that we choose darkness. But of course, since Christ has come to save, and since, as the book of Timothy clearly says, God wills to save everyone without exception, then the love of Christ must be a love which does not condemn people even when they condemn themselves. And that love of Christ is not frustrated by anything, by life or death or any other creature at all, as Romans 8 says. Even if I make my bed in Sheol, and that is sometimes sadly translated as hell, even if I make my bed in Sheol, you, O Lord, are there. And what is God doing in Sheol? Gloating over the suffering of those who hate him? I don't think so. I think God is in Sheol, in the place of the dead. God is the light which calls people to turn from their greed and hatred and ignorance to the light of beauty and truth and love. God is that light which never fails. God is unchangeable in willing people to turn to God, to be forgiven, and to live forever with God. So now I do not think that people who haven't heard of Jesus are condemned. I think that people who haven't heard of Jesus have the light of Christ within them, and they judge themselves by choosing darkness rather than light, but not forever not without the possibility of change, for God always calls them now and forever to turn again to that light which is seen in Christ. The light of the world, not known as Jesus, is known in the world under many names and in many forms. We as Christians would say, but that light is made clear, vivid, intense, 
personally related to us in the person of Jesus. And in this Eucharist, that light illuminates our minds as we seek union with him. <coughs> so Christ is the one and only Savior. And when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father but by me, he is speaking as the light of the world, the eternal wisdom of God, which was with God from the beginning, and in whose image all things, tota panta, everything in heaven and on earth is created, and in whom those same things, everything in heaven and on earth, will be united. That is our destiny. We may choose darkness, but our destiny, which God preordains and wills for us, is that we should all be united in Christ. And so now I interpret John as the universal gospel, and I think that is the right interpretation. I would, because it's mine. <laughs> <coughs> and what John is saying is, there is one light, it lightens every man. But it's dimly seen and often obscure. In Jesus, it becomes clear and revealed, and we can know that light as it truly is. But no one in creation is cut off from that light. And whenever the time comes that people find that they've been in darkness long enough, then, even in Sheol, God is there. Then, even death cannot frustrate the love of God which was shown in Christ. Then, they can turn to God through Christ and live. So now, I can say, I'm glad this text is one of the most popular in Christianity. God so loved the world that God entered into and shared the suffering of the world so that it might be transfigured into the divine life. And God does not judge the world. God wills only to save the world. Human beings judge themselves. They choose ways which lead to death. But Christ is a light in their lives which will not be extinguished and which will always call them and give them the possibility to turn back to God and to share in the divine nature forever. Those who do what is true, whenever they do it, however they learn to do it, they come to the light and the light of the world is Jesus Christ.